Good morning. This morning's reading is taken from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. I'm reading from the NIV, and it can be found on page 1179 in the Bible in front of your seat. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, as we consider your word now and how your word applies to our lives, we pray that our hearts will be open, our mind would be a mind to receive and a mind to learn. For the sake of Jesus and his glory. Amen. Well, let me put a scenario before you. Uh, you've just gone out to the shops and uh, you've bought a new appliance for your home. Uh, let's just say you've, uh, you need a new TV or you want a new TV for sake of argument. So you go down to Curry's at the Millbrace Retail Park and uh, you buy your shiny new TV. It's all wrapped up in its box. It's all, you know, looking all really rather wonderful and new. And you decide, well, that's it. You can't wait any longer. You're gonna, you're gonna have to unwrap your TV now. And, you know, you want, you want to watch Wimbledon. So you, you need to, you want to set up your TV. And at this point, the population, the general population can be divided into two main groups. Those who set up their TV, uh, having read the instruction manual and have it with them as they set it up. And those who just don't look at the instruction manual and they just go ahead and they set it up anyway. And I wonder which group you fall into. won't ask you to tell me, but you know. You will know. What's the relevance of that to this wonderful scripture that Colin has just read to us uh, from to Philippians? Do have it open before you. Uh, it is one of the most sublime scriptures of all. And uh, there will be some slides just to help us along as well. Well, the, the relevance is that the Apostle Paul is saying to the Philippians, it's the Word of God, and, and Paul speaks to us as well through this Word, or, or God speaks to us through this Word, through Paul's uh, writing. And, and he's saying, well, you may have been trying to live a Christian life. You may well have been trying to do that without reading the instruction manual. But now, says Paul, now is the time to look at Jesus. To consider how Jesus Christ lived his human life. And learn from him. Learn from our supreme teacher. 
Jesus. Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. You see, the topic we have before us is Christ-like service. And, uh, and as I said uh, at the start, we're in this Holy Habits series, and we're thinking about how the disciples in Acts chapter 2, those who made up the first Christian community, uh, how they lived out their Christian faith with an amazing level of authenticity and an amazing level of radical devotion to Jesus, to their Master and Lord. And how that we can learn from, how we can learn from, if you like, how they did it, and how we can do it, how we as disciples in, in a very different context in 21st century Britain, or Nepal, or wherever it is, how we can be those who serve like Christ where we are. And the verse in Acts chapter 2 is verse 45, if you want to know, uh, particularly comes out of that passage generally, but it's also shown particularly where it says, the disciples sold property and possessions to give ed- to anyone who had needs. And so you see, these disciples, these, these first Christian followers of Jesus, they knew with their head, with their minds, what it meant to serve their master, Jesus. They had a, 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 that level of understanding about what it meant to serve the world around them. But they also did it. They also showed it by practical action and concern and love. So this talk is going to be just that. I'm going to, if you like, share you the head, share with you the head knowledge, um, the, some of the theology, if you like, of Christ-like service. And then in the middle, I'm going to invite Steve and some others to come and share with us about the work of street pastors in town and and how they are uh, living that out in practice and how we can perhaps be joining in with that as well. And so we'll try and get a balance of uh, head and heart or, or you know, the thinking and the doing. Uh, can I just, uh, if you could move this slide on a little, a little bit and the next one actually. Uh, there's a quote I read the other day from Pope Francis. It's an amazing quote. I want to share it with you. He said this, I prefer a church which is bruised, hurting and dirty because it has been out on the streets rather than a church which is unhealthy from being confined and from clinging to its own security. Wow. This is the head of the worldwide Roman Catholic Church. This is the biggest church in the world saying this, so let's be encouraged. Uh, this, this Pope Francis, he knows his theology. He knows his scriptures really well. And so he's worked this out. Uh, so let's do a little digging of our own and see how perhaps we could perhaps agree with that, with what he's saying. So Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. And uh, if you don't mind, I'll read it once more. Colin read it really well. I'll just read it again. In your relationships with one another, have the same attitude of mind Christ Jesus had, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a human being, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord 
to the glory of God the Father. It's a majestic passage, isn't it? You probably know it by heart. Uh, many scholars have, have, have wondered at the, the profundity of this passage and have wondered how did Paul write it? How did he have such profound thoughts? And, uh, well, that's a mystery, isn't it? But, but many scholars think that this was itself a separate hymn or a separate poem in the early church, set on its own. But in the context of the letter, Philippians, it's, it's the, the centerpiece, it's the summation, it's the hinge of everything he wants to say to the Philippian church. Of everything he wants to teach them about living a Christian life. And if you look at the verses just before it, in verses 1 to 4, you'll see that Paul is urging them to be like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and mind. And so Paul is saying, value humility. Put others before yourself. The others, the needs of others, put before your, your own. Do not be selfish. He's saying it's all about our relationships with God and with, with each other that counts. The quality of those relationships are what counts, he says. And then as I hinted at the start, Paul says to them effectively, if you want to know how to live like that, if you want to live a life of humility, a life of unselfishness, a life of service, of self-giving, look at the Master. Consider Jesus, who being in very nature God. Jesus is the God-man. He is the incarnate Son of God. He is the eternal Word made flesh. And so Paul says, see how he did it. See how he lived and imitate him, copy him, says Paul. It's a wonderful hymn of praise. And the structure is important. If you're into this sort of thing, you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate this. But the structure of this scripture is important. And it's actually a big U-shape. It's the next slide, I think. That's it. Thank you. And it's a big U-shape. And uh, it, it's, uh, there's a movement to this scripture. And, and there's exaltation. Moving to humiliation, back up to exaltation. It's a U-shape. And so we start at the top. Jesus, who being in very nature God, made himself nothing and emptied himself, humbled himself, taking on the form of a human being, becoming obedient even unto death, even death on a cross. So we get to the right down to the bottom of the U-shape. Therefore, God has exalted him to the highest place and has given him the name that is above every name. That one day, every created being, every created being in heaven and on earth and under the earth, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So it's a U-shape. You go from right up there, in the highest of the heights, right down to the depths and right back up again. I wonder if you remember that Graham Kendrick song. We, we sang it at the nine o'clock. This is our God, the servant king. That sums it up, doesn't it? He is the servant king. He is the one who serves us, but he's also our ruler, our king, our Lord. And so Jesus chose his own humiliation his self-emptying, his going to the cross. He didn't, 
Now, I don't understand this, but he didn't, he was still God. And yet he was humiliated. He didn't give up his divinity, and yet he was humiliated, even to the point of death on the cross, which led to his exaltation and glorification and being given the name above all names, that every every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord, and he sits at the right-hand side of God the Father in glory. And yet, and yet the reason that Paul wrote this passage in the mystery of how he did it He goes even further than that. The reason he's even more than that. Because Paul, you see, is painting this picture, this vivid portrait of who Christ is, so that the Christian community can begin to understand that Jesus, the servant king, wants us to obey him. To obey him. To have the same attitude of mind as Christ. Out there in the world. Out there in the world where people are, to borrow Pope Francis' uh, phrases, bruised and hurting and dirty. Out there on the streets. And so at this point, just having outlined a little bit of the theology behind it, I'm going to invite Paul and uh, his friends to come and just help us to understand how that works out, particularly in the context of the street pastors. So uh, handing over to Steve now. I'm going to use the microphone as well. Okay. Good morning, church. Thank you for allowing us to come and walk here with you. Um, but I'm, I'm here. My name is Steve, not Paul, but I could have been. Um, and I'm one of the street pastors here in uh, Shrewsbury, or Shrewsbury. We had a conversation yesterday with Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury. We won't go into that. And I'm, it's like coming down with three wise street pastors. You had the three magi, didn't you? If we were sort of, you know, January, it would be appropriate. But this morning, you have Steve and the three wise street pastors. And we're basically here because we walk the streets of this town, And we deal with some most amazing people when we're out. I'm going to get this out. We are a charity, by the way, so we have to raise everything that we get by people's generosity. That bit's done and out of the way. Um, This is the really important bit. And you will have Steve at the back, who you all know incredibly well, was one of our founding father's street pastors. (laughs) So he was one of the original 18. But we walk on the streets following Jesus' example. We are all Christians and we all come from different churches. So I'm from Holy Trinity um, Millbrace. Pauline is from, she will say, I'm a Catholic. Um, so Pauline is um, worships at Holy uh, St. Winifred's. You have Jack, who goes to Holy Trinity at Bellevue. And the other person on the end, you know, because Ian worships here with you. But what we're going to do today is talk to you a little bit about how we walk along the streets of Shrewsbury. So, um, we're going to come to Pauline. Pauline is carrying uh, the lollies and the ever-famous flip-flops that we're known for. Um, but 
Pauline, you can tell us about uh, an incident that you had which people probably won't think that street pastors do. Uh, just before Christmas, we were called out to the peach tree um, because um, some, a couple needed some help. And when we got there, we discovered that they were two eight-year-olds. They'd gone out for a meal at the peach tree. Um, they couldn't get a taxi home. The, near, the earliest they could get a taxi home was a quarter to three. Um, so we took them home. The problem we really had was they both had Alzheimer's. So trying to sort out where they lived was a bit of a challenge. Anyway, we did what we should do, and we got them home safely. So, I mean, that, that night had actually pushed up our average age a little bit. Um, Jack's actually been a street pastor with us for three months. So he's he's a very young and new street pastor. And we have people of all ages, all abilities, different denominations, the donkey, the donkey, yeah, the donkey is our, our vehicle that is part, that blooming great big thing that you saw in the car park, that's ours, it is our actually support vehicle, but if you say to somebody, come on to the support vehicle, they're going to likely just say, oh, I don't want to do that, so we call it the donkey. The Good Samaritan had the donkey, so we have our donkey. It's in the car park. And please, either with your coffee or after you've had coffee, come and have a look. It's the most amazing piece of kit. Ian and Jack were actually out last night. So they got home at what? Three o'clock? Half past three? Half three. Half three. So they're really, really good to be here. Jack, you had an incident last night, I think. Jack's actually got a, um, a defibrillator. Uh, we are fully trained by the ambulance service to use a defibrillator, and he's got a very attractive uh, pink ambulance blanket. Exactly the same blankets that you would have if you went into an ambulance. We are given these by the ambulance service because we work very closely in partnership. But you had an incident last night, didn't you, in a doorway? Yes. Yes. Yeah, we uh, came across a man who was kind of curled up in a ball in the doorway of the Shrewsbury Coffee House. Uh, near the train station and as we sat with him could tell there was wasn't something quite right and Ian sat right next to him we were just talking with him and he had pain in his round stomach and chest area and he was struggling to breathe Um, and after we were talking with him for a while he said he hadn't slept in about two weeks because of this Uh, So we called the ambulance out and they actually got with us within a couple of minutes. They were just round the corner and even though they said they were busy, they got there very fast and they managed to uh, get him on and treat him straight away, which was absolutely amazing. Yeah. One of the things, and it's really important because the work we do is God's work. So we start with prayer and that's really important. So we have prayer pastors, people who come and pray with us on the donkey. We have wonderful people who come and lead prayer for us at the start of our uh, patrol. They do 20 minutes. And Andrew and Lexi, I think you were leading prayer with us last night. So bless you both for that. It is really important that the work we do out on the streets is God's work. And it's a case of about God taking us to the right place, but also God having an ambulance just around the corner. That is amazing, and that's really where we're at. And um, Ian's got two other pieces of kit. Um, this is a, a, a life jacket, which he's got wedged. Um, this actually, if it hits the water, and it never has, but if it did, it would turn into a life raft. And that is about £750 worth of kit, donated to us by the police. 
And the other piece of kit, I'm going to give you that because I can't do both. Um, this is a throw line. So this actually has a 20 meter rope in it. So if you were in the river and we needed to save you, and because we've been trained, we know how to use them, we could actually lob this. <sighs> Phew. I didn't hit anybody. I have done this before and I did hit somebody, but fortunately they managed to catch it. But anyway, so that would actually get you out of the river. But Ian was on patrol, oh, was some, a few, last year. Last year. And uh, you had an incident, uh, with somebody in the river. Uh, I did. It's, as Steve's saying, it's just amazing the way God just guides us there. I was on patrol last August. There was the quarry fest. So there were a lot of people coming back from the quarry heading back home and we were walking along past Victoria Quay and we saw a couple of ladies by the riverbank and we went up and said you know can we help in any way and they pointed downwards and a young lad coming back from the festival had a bit too much to drink desperately needed to use the facilities saw the tree by the river walked over and of course anyone who's been by the riverbank as you know the trees grow grow over the river and he fell straight in. Thankfully, he ended on a shelf. Uh, the um, uh, the bed, river bed was quite low there, and he landed on that, and we just pulled him up. But it could have been, if we hadn't have been there, it could have been a lot, lot worse. And on that occasion, they didn't actually use the throw line. What happened? I think you were lay on the floor. I laid on the floor. Yeah, laid on the floor. Somebody else, another street pastor, held his feet so that they wouldn't go in. And basically, they used a street pastor as a ladder to get out of the water. <laughs> so this is very much about God's work and putting us into places where we need to be. And I will just finish with one final story. Um, we were out one night, and we'd all, for some reason, ended up on or close to the donkey. And a taxi driver came and said, Hey, you, you guys need to go to the Welsh Bridge. There's a guy, and he's about to do something silly. So we managed to get there, and if you're in a vehicle, as you know, if you go over the Welsh Bridge, you have to go around the Frankwell Island <laughs> to get back, because, of course, he was on the other side of the bridge. Um, and we'd stopped and sort of said to him, are you okay? And he went, yeah, okay, fine. Um, but as we came around, I thought, we just need to go and check. And as I went up, there's quite wide bit of the bridge. He was about to bash his head onto the bridge and go into the river. So I went and stood next to him, and he said, Oh, I don't want to talk to you. You're one of the gaudy people. And I said, Yeah, we are, but let's, that's not really important. Let's just get you off the bridge. An hour and a half later, we got him not only off the bridge, but into a taxi. And before he said, before he got in, he said, Will you pray with me? So that is God working his purpose on the streets in Shrewsbury. We need more people like these wonderful people to be street pastors. Um, and we also need donkey drivers. So if you fancy driving a big vehicle around the streets of Shrewsbury, we need people to do that. We need more wonderful people like Andrew and Lexi who will come and do prayer at the beginning of patrol. That is 20 minutes. I think we give you tea and biscuits. Yes, it's offered, so you can have it if you want it. So these people and other 38, actually, people from different churches walk the streets every weekend doing God's work. So if you'd like to walk with us, we're around at the end. So please do come and talk to one of us. God bless.
Thank you, Steve, very much. And all of you have shared. Uh, it's really, really powerful. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to close by uh, sharing uh, something with you that I think perhaps is, is a different example, very different example, but I think very powerful again and perhaps uh, a little bit more personal of how someone who uh, has been a Christian for a long time is serving Christ still. On Wednesday, I went to visit a lady called Beryl Armitage, who some of you will know. Uh, Beryl celebrated her 90th birthday yesterday. She's been a member of this church since 1974. That's two years after I was born. And uh, she's been, I'm sure, a Christian for a lot longer than that. But it was something that Beryl told me about her life that really struck me about her, her Christ-like service. I just wanted to share with you this morning briefly. And Beryl has said that that's okay. She's given me permission to, to share this. One thing you need to know about Beryl is, is that she is almost completely blind. And, uh, and Beryl told me, as part of uh, the conversation we had, she told me that it was a few hours after she was born that a nurse accidentally poured acid into her eyes, which caused her blindness. So you can imagine how horrendous that must have been for her, a little baby, and also her parents, her family. However, the, the mo one of the most amazing things is that as Beryl recounted this, she said she feels no anger, no malice, nothing against the, the nurse who caused her blindness. In fact, she feels quite the reverse. She says, she told me that she believed God wanted her to be blind so that she could feel a, a special empathy and a, and a sort of an understanding of those who have who've got a disablement, who are disabled in a particular way or in, in, in some way, which led to her adopting two very profoundly disabled children, one of whom is Amanda, who is both blind and deaf. And I can't tell you everything she told me, but, you know, do go and see her. She's a, a lovely lady. And, uh, but it's, she told me this is her amazing humility and her trust in her Father God uh, and the way she selflessly served Jesus for so long, it was truly a privilege to hear it from her, and so humbling. And Beryl really, for me, sort of sums up what St. Paul urges the Philippians and us to do. In your relationships with one another, have the same mind as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. And so the question I want to leave us all to ponder is this. How will you, how will I serve those around me with the same attitude of mind as the mind of Christ Jesus? Let's pray. Father, we, we've considered who Jesus is, your Son. We've thought about how he is the one who gave up his throne in heaven to become one of us and who became one of us and yet also gave up his life for us on the cross. And then you exalted him to the right hand on high. And we've heard how you are longing for us, calling us, urging us to live like him. Lord, this week, today, these next few days, help us to think that through. How does it apply to me? How does it apply to us? Call us, lead us, Lord, into your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen.